0: Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it.
1: God wants us to come as we are. And when I was praying about it, it was more around, I got this analogy about when we go to work. And when we go to work, sometimes we can put on... um, like our poker face, you can put on a self-preservation attitude where you might have had an argument with your partner or whoever the night before, but you just kind of get dressed and get on with it, get through the day, and the day's done, and then you go home, and then you wake up and you do it again. It's another day. But I've got this strong sense that we shouldn't treat the weekend away as just another day. We shouldn't treat it as a moment for self-preservation, but we should just come as we are. Um, and there was a real sense of um, sincerity in it. Um, and I think it was to do with the Holy Spirit being being very sensitive, the way the Holy Spirit is, that we shouldn't come pretentious or we shouldn't come and treat it with a sort of just another day, but we should come with a sincerity, we should come in our vulnerability and we should come most specifically, we should come as if we're coming to our Father. Um, and when we come like a father, we come very childlike and very sincere. And I believe that as we come in that sort of attitude and, and mindset that that the spirit would. And I, when I was praying, I was like, I kept on hearing that the spirit won't just flow. The spirit will. What was this precise word? There'll be an infill of the spirit. And so we, I am expecting the spirit of God to be amongst us, but I'm expecting an infill of the spirit. And to prepare us to do that, we should just come as we are.
2: Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mine is it's quite different actually um, I, I realized that I have this there's a way God shows me things through dreams I didn't understand initially um, when I lost my brother 2007 he showed it to me the day before, then I wasn't born again, I didn't understand what it was, I didn't pray into it, and um, that's the same, that same day, okay, it was the night before he showed me the dream, then 10 o'clock that morning, the next day, he was killed in Nigeria, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my God, it was, it was hard, um, that was the first time I actually experienced that, then later on, two years ago, I I got into some, some little trouble and he showed it to me, then I prayed over that um in when i was i don't want to go into details, but during this little hard time, he showed me that I was gonna come out of it, and it happened um bring it to um um proving his word, what he said to Abraham, how can I do this without telling my friend Abraham so that's when I knew that okay, there's something in this. Last week on Thursday, because we I and faith we like the pastor told the church to do we fast every Thursday for the building I don't know maybe that's why I had this dream on Wednesday night last week, faith told me remember about the fasting t- tomorrow we prayed about it, and I went to bed. then in my dream, I saw um I was in the office I came to the office here church office, and John was telling the pastor that um yeah we're just just kind of about this building they saw found a you know uh, who found a building and they were so excited talking about it and I was and praising God. You know, blessing him for you know for this in this dream. And I woke up and I felt, you know, I should share it with Pastor because I know obviously he's a burden on his shoulder and all of us here. to so encourage us that God is doing something. You know, even while we're praying the next day, you know, I and Faith do it because we you know praying about the fast and we're speaking in tongues that Faith was speaking something about that we have to be still and wait for him to act. We have to remember that he owns everything, okay, so I don't know if that encourages any one of you, but I know it encourages pastor <laughs> <encouragement>. <laughs> yeah, and the bible says that um in those days that the old men would dream dreams. I'm only fifteen by the way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we should we should um, be encouraged and um and bless him. thank you, thank you.
3: Um mine was a bit similar to um Abby's actually. Um, I think quite know we were going to share it in this forum so I haven't actually prepared that well but um, it was actually in the context of um, last week when we were just praying um, in the service and I had a picture and I actually shared it with Thierry in a slightly different context but I really felt afterwards that it was a bit more for the church as well so I texted Owen and he said to share it and it was just basically a picture of um, I don't even know what it was but like a cyclone effectively I had to look it up and you know you get the map of the country and then you get the swirls going all around it and um, I, I thought it was like a hurricane but you know, that's not what it was but um and my sense was just really that um that you know that the lord is going to come in his holy spirit and in his power because we've been praying for that and he delights to just meet with his children when we ask for it and um we've been talking a little bit in our home groups the last couple of weeks about the holy spirit as well and some people said oh, you know it is actually comes quite it can be quite scary and it can be quite it makes you feel uncomfortable at times um especially when you can see the kind of the manifestations of what that looks like, um, but I had this sense that, like, as the cyclone, it kind of completely swept over the whole of that space, the whole of that map, um, and there is a sense that actually you can have fear and you can actually choose to run away and not be part of that. You can try and go in the the other direction. Or you can just choose to surrender and to submit and just to allow God to take control and allow God to do His work. And I don't know if it's going to be in the um, during the weekend away or whether it will be afterwards. But my real sense for the church is just really for us to be ready and to be expectant and not to be afraid or fearful. And like Abby said, just to come as you are. And like God's not going to you know, do something that would scare us or to frighten us. He'll just come sensitively and meet with us how we need to be met with. But there was this real sense that God is going to do something and he hears the prayers of his children and he delights to meet and delights to empower. And, um, yeah, that he's got a bigger vision than just us in this church. And it's a much, much bigger um, vision for what's out there. Um, And my prayer is just really that he would equip us during these next few weeks and months um, to really just live in that.
0: Father, we give you thanks for your word, for your spirit, and I ask that now you would uh, continue to speak to us and encourage us in Jesus' name. Amen. It's <laughs> good. Well done. Well done. We Need you to clear the clear the insides there. Um, Okay, so I'm just going to talk a little bit about the prophetic. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to get the the word that Julian Adams brought and I'm going to read it out in its entirety and then just talk a little bit into that. So any comments I make around. So I feel naked. I don't have a Bible or a passage, but I'm sure I will use that as as I as I speak. Um, So let me ask this first. How many of us believe God speaks to us? Just put your hand up if you believe God speaks to you. OK, so m- most of us believe God speaks to you. Um, how many of us would say that we've heard God speak to us in the last week? OK, again, again m- m- many of us would say that. And how many of us would say that we have had answers to prayer in the last week? OK, to, to some of us. So the most for most of us, the idea that God speaks is not new or surprising. Although I imagine if you went into work tomorrow and stood up at your desk and some of you were working in an open plan office, or if you went to your neighbours onto your street tonight and stood up and said, I just want to let you all know God speaks to me. um, That thought might cause concern among the people who hear it. Yeah. So, although for the Christian it feels normal, uh, for most people that idea is like quite ridiculous that God would speak to us. And to some degree, I don't want you to lose that idea that it's it's quite amazing that God speaks. Yeah. It's not just uh, sort of oh no, it's normal for us, but it's definitely not normal for everyone that God speaks to us. Our issue is not that God doesn't speak. Even, you know, um, uh, Val referred to that passage in Joel when, when God promises that he's going to pour out his Holy Spirit upon people and that people are going to dream dreams, they're going to see visions and things like that. The issue for us is not that God doesn't speak. It's how do I know when it's God and not me? And what should I do when I hear God speak to me? How do I know it's him? And what do I do? So I'm going to look at those two questions briefly and uh, then we'll look at uh, Julian's thing. And some of this is really just personal testimony, I suppose. Some of it is just me sharing. So how do I know when it's God? In some ways, that's quite a hard question to answer because I can't simply say, well, you know when it's God because Because when God speaks, your left shoulder goes out. (laughs) And you know when your left shoulder, oh, that's God. That's not good. That's God. It's nothing like that happens when when God speaks. What I can tell you is how how can you put yourself in the best place to know it's God speaking to you and it's just not your thoughts or your ideas? Yeah. So I can't I can't give you like an exact defined thing. But what I can say is this. How do I know when I'm hearing right? Yeah, because you can't limit God to how he speaks. Yeah, God doesn't. It's not like, well, God speaks like this and he doesn't speak like that. God can speak to anyone however he wants to speak. He can do that. So how do I grow to hear his voice better some really really simple things and I'm sure we all do them and if we don't do them here's a reminder uh, for some of us it's a reminder for some of us it's oh, do I need to do those things if you want to hear God speak more and more firstly walk daily in the spirit yeah you're more likely to hear God if you're walking with him yeah I'm more likely to understand Pauline's needs when I'm with her when I'm talking to her and I'm not distant from her and I'm guessing Yeah. So walk daily in the spirit. Have daily communion with God. It's the best way to grow in confidence in being able to recognise his voice. Yeah. So first thing, walk daily. Secondly, deepen your knowledge and understanding of the word, the Bible, because the Holy Spirit will not tell you anything that is inconsistent with what the Bible already says. Yeah. So he'll never tell you something that's inconsistent. So if God tells you, if you think to yourself, I think God's telling me that I should leave Pauline, I think that's the Lord. That's the word from the Lord. It feels like, it just feels right from God. Yeah, I should leave Pauline. And I I could say that to any one of you. And what I hope you would say, apart from, yeah, yeah, no, no physical violence. What I hope that you would say is something like, do you know what, I mean, it's really good that you're trying to listen to God. <laughs> um, but do you know what? He's not going to tell you something that he hasn't previously said. He's not going to tell you something that's inconsistent with what he said. And do you know what he says about marriage? I go, well, I, I don't know. Or I say, I do know. Uh, and actually, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's normally what it is. But 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 it's a really good guide to recognize that God won't tell you something that is inconsistent with what he's already said. Therefore, if you know what he's already said, you're in a better place to hear him better. Do you understand what I mean? So, So if you read the Bible more, more often than maybe you do, if I read the Bible more often than maybe I do, I'm more likely to hear God aright when he speaks. Yeah. Now, you remember what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 16, when the spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit will guide you. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. So the Holy Spirit speaks. He will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. So you deepen your understanding. The Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you. By the way, another way you know that God is speaking is what God tells you will bring glory to his name. It won't dishonor his name. Yeah. So God will never dishonor his own name by telling you to do something that is going to dishonor him. Yeah. It's all about bringing glory to God. Yeah. So deepen your knowledge of the word. Walk daily in the spirit. Thirdly, take time to listen to his voice. You'll remember the story when God showed himself to Elijah, it says, he says, the Lord is about to pass by. Yeah, this is after Carmel. um, God's speaking to Elijah. And then it says, a great and powerful wind came, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind was there, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Now, make no mistake. It's not that God can't be in those things. <laughs> yeah, God is very capable of being in those things and he caused those things. But the very presence of God was not in those things. It then said, after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he poured his cloak over his face. So in that gentle whisper, he heard God. Why is that important? Because we live in a world where we don't necessarily, our world particularly, we don't have physical earthquakes or powerful winds or fire, but we have just as many things that distract us from hearing that gentle whisper. If you never in your life give moments to hear that gentle whisper, it might be that you're not hearing God. You're not allowing yourself to hear God. So you need to create opportunities in your life where it's you, and it's God, and there's not noise, there's not stuff, and you're listening to him, you're much more likely to hear his voice. Yeah? So we've all said that God speaks to us, and I'm encouraging you. Yes, God speaks to you, but you can hear him even clearer. You can be even more sure that it's him who's speaking by walking with him closer, deepening yourself in the word, and uh, by taking time to listen to his voice. So I'd encourage you to do that. Learn to hear his voice yeah i have found particularly in recent years that the more time i spend in his presence the clearer i hear him yeah and the more the more prayers get answered yeah almost daily yeah the more prayers that get answered but it requires listening and it requires being in his presence so then, if that's how do I know when it's God, I can just help myself here. The second question, what should I do when he speaks? How do I respond right to the voice of God? How do I respond in the right way? And uh, I was just thinking about this, and I, I don't know. Um, uh, uh, one of the, the, the drugs that's often used, that, like the real serious Pain-killing drugs that, that are used for serious illness is morphine. Morphine is like legalised heroin. Yeah, it's 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 loaded. It's potentially in the wrong hands, dangerous, and uh, it has it has power over the body. Yeah, it really does. It can in fact it can have an impact. I remember when my mum was on morphine during the last few months, few weeks of her life. It's power and it's potent. Yeah? But if you've been given the right instructions as to how to use it and to administer it, it can be a pain reliever. It can really, really help. Well, I was thinking about the prophetic a bit like that. The prophetic is powerful. yeah. It has the power to, to, to make your life very fruitful if you listen to God and surrender to him. But it also has the power, if I'm honest, to mess your life up if you do it wrong. Yeah. So understanding the prophetic, understanding how God speaks and what do I do when God speaks to me is really important. It's not the kind of thing that you need to go. Uh, well, yeah, I'll just get to that in time. You know, I mean, I've just got some things going on. God's speaking to me all the time, though. Hallelujah. You need to know how to respond when he speaks. If you want to ensure lifelong fruitful ministry rather than fruitless labor. Yeah. How do you get lifelong fruitless ministry? Now, I'm just going to give you some things that have happened to me over the years. Uh, and then we'll look at the, the Julian Adams uh, prophecy. So this is how I, over the years, have handled the prophetic, how I've handled when God speaks to me. And I realize that I, I've, I've not, no, I've not lied to you at all, but I've said something previously that's not true. And I only realize now that it isn't true. What I've said to you before is um, this whole thing about I wait for God and I'm all that kind of way. I've said, you know, what I didn't used to be like that, and I, I was I was all pumping, going, 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 and suddenly now I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. I realised that's not actually true. <laughs> yeah, there have been big moments in my life where I have simply waited. Yeah, and uh, let me give you the main one, which I think I I've said before, but when I thought about it this morning, I thought, oh yeah, no, I didn't act. I felt a sense of call, if you like, to full time Christian ministry when I was probably about 18, 19. I remember sharing it at my church with my leaders and I remember my leaders and I wanted to go off and do do what was then a year team. I wanted to do a gap. It wasn't quite a gap. Year. I was never going to go to university, but it was a gap here for people who didn't go to university. I was going to do that kind of year. I was going to work for the church for a year. And my church leaders said, OK, we get this idea Owen, that you feel this sense of call, um, but we don't want you to do the gap year because you might leave and not come back. Yeah. And I remember thinking, "Oh, OK, OK, I, w- I, won't, I won't go and do that. Yeah. But that sense of I feel God's called me had was in my heart and it had been in my heart for a, a long time. But I knew this when I married Pauline, as you know, I didn't tell her. Yeah, so that's not great. No good, no great start to our marriage. When she finally found out, and I've, I've got to get this right. When she finally found out, she was she was disappointed, and not only was she disappointed, she said, "I don't even see it in you." Yeah. Now, now I have to say that's changed. Yeah. Yeah. We're not sitting here with underlying tension about my call. That changed uh, 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 big time. But at that moment, I remember when she said that to me. I remember being disappointed, yeah, that I feel this thing about God's called me to major ministry and my own wife can't even see anything in me, yeah, I remember going through that feeling and you'll know if you honestly have that sense in your heart, you think, I imagine I couldn't cope with that, yeah, but do you know what I did, I remember saying, God, if you're going to do something there, in me you're, you're going to have to change Pauline, and that was literally how i thought it you're going to have to change Pauline, because i can't i can't do that yeah and so i literally although i had that sense in me i did nothing about it other than go god you're going to have to change Pauline, and somehow if you've got this call upon my life the church is going to have to recognize it because i'm not i'm not going to stand up and go and do it myself the church is going to have to recognize it and I lived with years of frustration when nobody recognised me yeah, and what God had done so brilliantly in my life. Yeah, no one recognised me for years. What I learned though was this: I learned to treasure in my heart what God had said. And you remember when Mary brings Jesus to be dedicated when they're praying prophetic words come to jesus from the two prophets that are there and what does it say mary did she treasured them in her heart yeah do you know what i learned to treasure at our wedding we had uh, a moment where people prayed for us and there were all these prophetic words that came at our wedding and uh, there was one guy that brought words and he said i have not brought black and white together to make gray but a myriad of color yeah know what I treasured that word I have treasured that word so this is now 25 and a half years later I remember that word when I wrote my book I dedicated my book to my girls and I wrote that in the book I learned to treasure now I never acted on it in terms of okay what does that mean how should I respond if that's what God is saying what can I do to make what God is saying real I thought Now, I can't do anything to make what God is saying real. God can make what he's saying real. I just need to be open to him. That's what I did. So I treasure it. Secondly, I weigh it with others. Paul tells us to weigh prophecy. Weighing prophecy is not God speaking to me and then me deciding, oh, I think it means this. It's God speaking to me and me being willing to submit it to whoever is the right person for me to submit it to. Preferably someone who's more mature in the faith, someone who's over you in the faith, rather than just your best mate. Yeah, Because your best mate goes, yeah, 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 go for it. Go for it. God told you you're going to change the world. Go for it. Yeah, No, no, that's not how you do it. You submit it to someone. If you don't do that, there is a real danger that you could mishear or misunderstand what God is saying. And that it could lead you down the road of fruitless labor rather than fruitful labor. The third thing. So I wait with others. I wait on it. And I know I do this waiting, but I realised that that passage in Isaiah 64, verse four, where it says, Since ancient times, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God will do for those who wait for him to act on their behalf. That has been a motivator for me for most of my life. I didn't realise that. Yeah. So I so I wasn't truthful when I said to you, oh, I've just learnt to wait. I've always waited. Yeah, I've always thought, no, no, that must be true. I take that promise personally, that no one, no eye has seen what God will do for those who wait for him to act on their behalf. And that has been a driver for me. Then I pray into it. Yeah. And periodically, those words that came at our wedding, I'll pray into them periodically. I'll just pray and I'll ask God to reveal his purpose. I don't actually do anything physically, but I pray. Then I share it. I've told you about I make myself accountable. The two people for most of my life I was accountable when it came to the words. God speaking was Pauline, because obviously she had to get somewhere on that and my old pastor. And it was only when Pauline, my old pastor and me all got to the point where we realised, oh, our time is done at King's that we came out. If that had never happened, I promise you we never would have left. Even if I felt really a strong call, I would never have left if Pauline and my old pastor hadn't in the end agreed. That was my safeguard that I wasn't going to be foolish. And also, that was going to mean that if I did go, Pauline was going to go with me and not go with me. Yeah, there's a massive difference. Yeah, Pauline's with me or I'm with him. Yeah, I can tell you Pauline is with me. Yeah, so I share it. And then the next thing I do, and this I think is the hardest thing to do, but it's the, it's the it's been the best thing to do. I've trusted God with it. So I go, OK, God, you've spoken. You've said some wonderful things. You need to do something, God, because I can't. You need to act because I can't. And I'm just going to trust, even though... When my pastors originally said to me they don't want me to go away and do that gear thing and I wanted to do it and other people were encouraging me, even though that might not have been the right thing, I'm going to trust you. with it So I'm going to trust that that is the right thing because I'm going to follow your way of leading. And then the other thing I do is I hold it lightly. Why do I hold prophecy lightly? Not because I don't take it seriously, but because we only never prophesy in part. Yeah. We don't see it all. We don't know it all. We're human and we only prophesy in part. And also the heart is deceitful above all things. And my heart could tell me that I'm going to be the next Billy Graham. Yeah. And you might know I'm not going to be, but you can't. I can't quite tell him he's not Billy Graham. But I might think I'm going to be. And I get a big Bible and I sweep back my hair or what hair I would have. I grow it, and sweep it back. I'm going to be Billy Graham. Um, but the heart is deceitful above all things. So you hold prophetic words lightly. Okay, I'm just going to take a few more minutes. I get the time, I'm aware. This is what Julian said to the church. And let me just contextualise this really, really quickly. Julian Adams um, is, a, is a South African who, who came over to the UK. He met with Terry Virgo. And I remember Terry Virgo's assessment. of Terry Virgo leads... Um, um, a network of churches called New Frontiers. He's actually spoken at Beacon before. Uh, New Frontiers, of, of which we are kind of linked, is probably nearly a thousand churches around the world uh, right now. Terry used to lead that. He met Julian in South Africa and really he released him in, like to come to the UK and he, his words were, this guy's the real deal when it comes to the prophetic. So So um, I had known Julian a little bit from my old church. He'd come and prophesied there. Then there was somebody in Beacon who was friends with him. And it was a Saturday night that Julian came and we just had an evening where he he just prophesied over the church and over individuals. Just put your hands up if you were there. Okay, so a few. Okay, so there's a few of us who were there um, at this night. So he did loads of prophecies over loads of individuals. I'm going to read what he said about the church and then I'm just going to comment. in. This happened in December 2009. So I'd been leading the church for 12 months um, and we weren't in Brixton. We were somewhere else. We were in another community centre, actually. Um, And this is what he said to the church back then. I feel the Lord has given me a word for beacon which is countercultural. That God has put a unique anointing on beacon to be countercultural. God will use beacon to defy trends and ideas in the city, to break through norms and preconceived ideas. There is a unique anointing upon you to fly in the face of culture. I believe the Lord wants to talk to you about finance and resources that there is going to be a resource anointing. I believe God is going to begin to add key people of business and influence you that will give key footing for resources to the point where beacon is a resource for others. Where there might be poverty, there will be wealth. And even where there will be the context of much wealth, will be much connection with those that are poor, broken and destitute. And the Lord has given you an anointing for mercy and justice. God is going to establish his throne on these two things, mercy and justice. God is going to add to Beacon those who will fight for justice and the poor and the broken and the marginalised. God is going to give Beacon a voice in strategic places, even places of government and places of influence and where traditionally the church hasn't had a voice. God is going to release the people of Beacon to be countercultural in places of influence and have impact in the most unsuspecting places. And I see lawyers. You've heard this thing about lawyers. And I see lawyers. Lawyers are going to join you and those that work in the law and will speak on behalf of those like asylum seekers, but also in terms of helping shape policies. God is going to break open the local areas of wealth in a significant way because God is going to make you a resourcing base. I feel that Owen so I'm just reading what he's written rather than adding my name in. (laughs) I feel that Owen, you are not to underestimate your gifting and the call of God upon your life. Because God is going is building an apostolic base, a base that will resource many other places. God is unlocking dreams you have in the next season. Owen and Pauline, there is going to be a working together between you in breaking into places of wealth and influence. I see you at dinner parties and wealthy arenas. Yeah. Yes. Come on, God. Yeah. <laughs> and wealthy and you're saying, how did we get here? <laughs> What are we doing here? And it's because you're going to be able to apostolically influence and break into places and pioneer where others couldn't. There is also going to be incredible political connections. God's going to add people around you and you will have influence in politics. God's going to use you in starting to influence that area. And he doesn't. And he says, don't despise these days of small beginnings. Because I am building something much bigger, much larger than you anticipate. There's something about venue change and move. I feel that God wants to say to you that you're going to move from a place of obscurity to a place of influence. It's like the venue you're going to um, is going to have a platform and that's going to have an influence. This place is like a gem in the city a place that many others of the city are trying to get into, but God gives Beacon favour for it. He's going to expose what you are doing to many influential people. In the Bible, David's famous men and women, and similarly, God is going to add famous men and women to Beacon and to what Beacon is doing, and you will see breakthrough. God is taking you into a new season, into a season of advance, from a season where I feel there's been attack, and there has been shaking of the foundations and losing of heart. But today, God says, I restore hope, vision and faith, because today a season of advance and breaking out of the boundary lines is coming. I even see Macedonian calls from other churches for Beacon to help them, to shape them. God says, don't despise that which is currently small, as the kingdom is often designed to be concealed in that which is small, But then eventually becomes big and influential. Beacon will be a big church, not a little church. Over the next two years there will be record breaking numbers. I see charts that just go up and up and statistics that don't make sense, but God says he will do it in Beacon. There will be dramatic breakthrough. I see Beacon breaking the 150 mark in the next two years, breaking right through that number. I see that God is going to add unlikely people to you who others would discard. Others who people would say, surely we can't do anything with them that's worth doing. But God says, I have a habit of using the unlikely to do the dramatic. I believe for Beacon, it's a new shape, a new breakthrough and a new wineskin. God says to build around that which he is doing, around the doors he is opening, because Beacon's wineskin and the way Beacon does things isn't going to be modelled after something else but completely unique it's going to be influential and bring transformation into the hearts of many i feel that there's going to be a strong ministry to single mothers in this church scores and scores of single mothers come into beacon god's going to give beacon an ability to provide family to those that don't have family so keep a family mentality and keep family at its core because god is going to give beacon as a family to the community Beacon's going to be a community within a community, and many will find their place in Beacon. And God wants to speak about community centres that are going to be given to Beacon as places where Beacon can operate and be of influence. I see amazing workshops of dance and music and classes that will catch up this generation and families into the purposes of God. This means there's going to be much creativity and a flow of creativity in the church. So, God wants to encourage you today that it is a new day for Beacon of influence, blessings, and favour from God that will cause Beacon to be countercultural to the cynicism and comfort of materialism. God's going to enable you to cut right through that and bring radical transformation. I believe a season is coming of even more financial disappointment in the nation, a season where things are going to get slightly harder. But in that, God is giving beacon influence and tools and strategies for this next season. So beacon needs to prepare itself for this season to start dreaming big and asking for the impossible, because God will give it in order for the church to truly be a beacon, a lighthouse, a safe place for many when they are in need. So get ready for God to give incredible favour. So. I'm going to take just a couple of minutes because I think I just need to address one or two of these things Uh, I wanted to give you the context of that word about the lawyers which we've heard what I do with that so over the years obviously I've known about that I've not prayed for that particularly I've not I didn't advertise in lawyer weekly because I thought God says lawyers will come so if I advertise maybe they'll come I didn't do anything like that but what I do now is I pray I say God I don't fully understand it, uh, but you're bringing lawyers to the church. What is it you have for that? And I'd encourage you to pray. Yeah. That's our answer. Our answer is to pray. God, what is it that you have in, in that particular area? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe famous people will come. I don't know that the, the venue change and move. You'll know that we then moved to the ritzy after this and the ritzy turned out to be a place where people had tried to get into and they couldn't get into and when we first went to them they turned us down and then when we went back they said yes and i think we were the first church to meet in that particular uh, venue now it's interesting when he talks about the numbers yeah so let me be honest at that time um if you were to ask pauline probably the prayer owen prayed most was for numbers yeah but looking back now, six and a half years later, or, or whenever this word came, I know this for sure. Had God given me that kind of breakthrough in numbers, we would not be where we are today. Yeah, Because do you know what? Had God given me that breakthrough, I never would have done anything with churches together in Brixton. I never would have even moved to Brixton. Yeah? I had absolutely no plans to come to Brixton it was we were we were a mile up the road i thought one day we might have a small group in Brixton, won't that be great we won't have to go there but at least we'll be in there yeah and god completely shifted that around and it reminds me of the story of hannah and samuel if god had answered hannah's prayer for a child earlier samuel wouldn't have come why because it was only when she got to that point of such desperation that she said to God, give me this child and I'll give him back to you. She vowed, I will give him back to you. And it was almost at that point that God goes, right, you can have the child because he's mine. And I know for me that the, the challenge that I personally have faced or found in leading, in leading the church, having come from a church that was a thousand people, to a to a very small church had it grown i know i would have been satisfied with that i wouldn't have pursued god now it's not the church numbers i'm satisfied with there is this sense of me that god has a plan for brixton and we're a part of it and so it's much bigger than you and me it's much bigger than what we can do or us trying to find a place just for us we are to be a community within a community we are to be a family for those who don't have families so that's how I sort of look at that. Looking back, I can give you an answer. At the time, I would say, oh, no, I don't know. But looking back, I can go, this is how I look at it. So, yeah, so I've read that to you and I've told you how I do the prophetic in order that you can manage those two things together. And my prayer is that you can join me at times in praying into what God has said and what God might do in us and through us let's pray father we thank you that you speak i thank you that you have spoken over the years to me i thank you that you have uh, changed my life through the prophetic i thank you that you have uh, brought me into fruitful ministry uh, when it could have been fruitless ministry I thank you for what you've done. And Lord, I pray for this church. Um, Lord, even reading this word, it feels like I'm reading it afresh again, that this is for now, not just for then. We ask, O God, that you would have your way in this place, that you would do what is in your heart to do. And I pray, Father, that we would be ready, that we would get ourselves ready for what you want to do in us. Father, I ask that next weekend, as we gather together in um, High Lees, that your presence would be with us. I pray for an openness in our hearts towards you. I pray for a, a deepening of relationships and friendships through that. I pray, Father, for a losing of discontentedness and dissatisfaction. I pray that we will become totally absorbed in you. Father, I ask just as uh, Ruth prayed during our worship that there would come a point where you are our everything and that all these other little things will fall by the wayside that we won't worry about those things father I pray that you will give us a right heart and we will go with the right expectation that God is going to meet with us but we don't know how that will look we pray for this and Lord we recognize that this is for your glory we recognize that this is for uh, a bigger work that you want to do in this place and so we ask that your continual blessing upon it, in Jesus' name. Amen. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at churchcom or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.